0: What can you do to improve your writing and build your network as a part of it? As a creative and professional writer, my time post-college graduation was just that, difficult to keep an upward learning curve that honed my craft and connected me with others in the field. So today, join me on a quest to connect writers to the experiences they need, with top authors, editors, and publishers ready to share their methods for success. Become a part of a new, elevated selection for publishers, and debunk the myth that while writing is a solo act, being a writer is not always solitary. Am I right? are word wizards. I am so excited because it is the season of Halloween, and that's when this episode is releasing. And it's perfect because it's time to get spooky with the fabulous Marie Steele on this episode of Am I Right? So welcome to the show, first and foremost. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I just want to give, I want to read her bio. She'll explain her books, which is fantastic because she's got more than one coming out for us pretty soon here, actually. Um, but let's let's uh, get to know Marie a little bit. So she grew up obsessed with words in the dark and complex characters and how authors bring them to life. She now creates her own while living in Tampa with her husband, four four kids, two dogs, and previously a very grumpy hedgehog. <laughs> I think is the best intro ever. So <laughs> and, and we I mean there's we've got we're all lying coming out in March 2023, and then there's Beverly Bonfinch is dead. In September of 2023, but do you want to give just a little bio on what's coming out from you? Yeah. So We're All Lines, my Thriller debut
1: under Marie Still. It is about a um Cass is really the main main character, however, it's told from multiple points of view and She finds out her husband's cheating, but then the mistress starts stalking her. The mistress disappears. There's a lot of buried family secrets. And um, jealousy is kind of this resounding theme throughout the entire book. Not just jealousy of you immediately think of fair jealousy, right? But it's in all these other aspects of life. So that's kind of the, the thread that ties it together. Uh, Beverly Bonovich is dead. It's a little bit dark. There's darker themes, more emotional themes, uh, deals with uh, mental health care in the 80s and has a oh. very quirky main character, who Beverly, who I actually absolutely love writing. Um, but it really veers more to women's fiction and is more about Beverly's character arc than the typical things that you'd see in a, in a thriller genre. And that's under Kristen Seeley. And then my third book, My Darlings, is about Eloise, who is a, uh, she's head of the PTO, a fluent stay-at-home mom, and she's also a serial killer. And that's my 2024 release.
0: Wow. Well, and I have to ask, what made you decide to do three, oh, excuse me, my phone's gone off, three books in in one time period and, and as your debut book? I mean, is it crazy for you? Have you found your rhythm for this? It is. And, and,
1: you know, it's kind of like flying the airplane and fueling it as you're in the air, because when you're debuting, you have writer friends and you understand, but until you're like in it, you don't understand the behind the scenes as much as what goes on and, and just, especially like the editing process. Right. So Once you finish your book, you are not done with your book or even close. It goes through several rounds of editors, several rounds of different types of editing and debuting twice-ish in one year. That means I'm in a constant editing cycle, right? So one's finishing developmental and one's going into copywriting. When you're writing, you're living your character's Lives, right? They are in every aspect. You're thinking about them constantly. But when you're in the editing process, you have to kind of like bounce out of their heads and into other characters. So really keeping their voice and keeping their attributes consistent to what you set out and what I set out to, to write them as. That's definitely been a challenge, um, but a fun one, because there's always something going on. Now we're getting closer to launch. So we're all lines on NetGalley. The influencer campaign's going. My publicist is uh, constantly sending me new um, interviews or podcasts that I'll be... So it's a lot, but it's a
0: lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I I think very few people know just how much goes into it. Between, oh hey, I have an agent and a publisher, and this book is being released at Barnes and Noble. Right, you know, right. seems kind of like a like a mystery time period in between. But it is a lot of work, and I can't imagine doing two manuscripts at once, let alone three manuscripts working on at the same right. time. So I mean, kudos to you for that, and and it's a great thing. And I want to bring up too what you said. I mean. It is hard to jump in between your characters and staying true to your characters. And you, I mean, you are something of an expert in depicting characters with realistic family issues. And we've got pregnancy and child loss. We've got mental health struggles. We've got suicide. And and I, I mean, you you kind of touched on this a little with the thread of jealousy that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I want to know how. I mean, how have you found ways to depict realistic characters that are believable without? you know putting too many of those family issues in there and and kind of clogging up that plot how do you keep that balance
1: yeah i really i like to tap into my own experiences whether they're things that i've experienced on my own or helped a friend through right so divorce and infidelity and all of these things that that are prevalent and we see every single day or even social media has made this entire it's made a platform where people can present what they want to the world versus like what's really happening behind the scenes they can like curate yeah. their life which yeah. leads to jealousy because people aren't getting the full story um so i tap into into what i experience and what i observe mental health is really something that is very 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 important to me and you'll see it in a lot of my books whether it's anxiety or bipolar or all these different disorders and getting help for mental disorder and kind of normalizing, create, creating, um, treating your mental health, the same as your physical health is a very important thing for me. Um, suicide prevention is also uh, a cause I care very deeply about. Um, in fact, part of my royalties always go to, um, to these uh, different causes in the name of a few of fr- a few of my friends, and so I, I think it's very important for me to portray these different feelings that when things happen, or whether you're battling an anxiety disorder, or whether you're battling some or other type of a disorder, that it's done in a really realistic way because the feelings are are, are very nuanced especially with family because you can't choose your family. Right. So some of us are very lucky and have wonderfully supportive parents or spouses. Um, but not everyone gets that. And the way people deal with trauma in these family situations is super unique and especially in take infidelity for an example, you know, you always hear people say, well, if I ever got cheated on, I would never take him back, I would never forgive him. But that's not the reality. There are a lot of successful marriages that have worked through infidelity, digging into the root cause of what happens and really understanding that it takes two people and it takes work and it takes all of these different things. Um, And then Beverly the mental health system in the '80s was just an entirely different world. We didn't um, embrace it; it was kind of shunned, and we didn't talk about it. Like, you know, I have a cold, and that's something that impacts me. Well, it should be; it, it shouldn't have the mental health issue. Shouldn't have the stigma that a physical health issue has. And so to understand how it was treated, I actually reached out to um doctor psychiatrists who were practicing it. My sister in law is a nurse practitioner in a mental health hospital. And so I just did interviews and really tried to understand how it was different then and how it's different now and portray it in the most realistic way, but not the not the way that everyone kind of says and thinks right because we all deal with trauma we all deal with families every family situation is different and um you really shouldn't judge someone on how they deal with these different aspects of their life right
0: Mm, yeah well this is an interesting platform i think it's it's cool that you've used this genre and this writing to kind of normalize that and also prove that these characters with these struggles that they're going through i mean they have some tough things that happen to them right and they're still fighting right and they're still like pushing through these impossible obstacles with or without the mental struggle of it and i think that's really interesting because it's not a book about well this person has a mental health issue and that's the horror of it it's they're despite this, they're pushing through. And I find that really, really good way. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and sometimes these, these things happen to us, right. And it changes our personality and we do things we wouldn't normally do. And, and then you kind of take a step back when you're out of it and all these the anger and the jealousy and the rage and whatever it is or whatever you're dealing with, because you never know what someone's dealing with behind the scenes. It really impacts how they behave on the outside. And a lot of times people will get judged for that. And I think having grace and having forgiveness for that is an important thing that we as a society should do and understand that um, when we interact with people, we need to understand that what you're seeing on the surface might have some underlying things that are causing them to behave this way. And we see it like especially in crimes of passion, right? Do I advocate for um, going and murdering your spouse because they cheated or murdering anyone for something? Absolutely not. But we do, it is a realistic part of life where you kind of snap and, and people will snap and they'll do things
0: that are just so out of character. And you observe that and write it. And that's fascinating to me. I, th- I love that. With that, with building characters. As a writer, uh, one of the things, even in my own writing, that I was constantly thinking about is pacing, right? And keeping their interests without giving everything away. And then, but you've also got the other side of that pendulum, which is not telling them enough and either frustrating them or boring them before they can get to chapter two or five or ten or whatever chapter they're on. And so, with, I think, thrillers, with horror, anything in that kind of area, that genre, you have to be really careful with that. And so I wondered if you would be willing to share any advice or thoughts that you have found from writing many manuscripts on keeping your pacing interesting, but not, you know, going too far with it and withholding information.
1: Yeah, yeah. as a reader, this is something that um, that is really important to me when I'm finding a book I love. I have a very short attention span, so <laughs> I like it moving. But then you also can't overwhelm your reader with too much action, right? If there's yeah. not those like deep breaths in between the action, then it's just too much. Uh, so like shorter shorter chapters. And as I approach every single scene, I'm really analyzing the scene and saying, how is this moving the plot forward? And what details within this scene from setting what room they're in to setting their dialogue to setting what they're, they do and interweaving those so it's not chunky. Like when you write chunky, that that really yeah. slows down the pace where if we're in a room, for an example, and, and you pause and you're like, okay, well, in the room, there was a couch and this and this and this and this and, and, and you kind of describe it. And then you d- dive into the characters interacting with it. That's one thing that's a very easy way that'll slow down your pacing. Instead, you really, if I put myself into the character's point of view and I'll sit there and I'll close my eyes and I'll act it out like a movie in front of me and say, okay, so I want the reader to know what this room looks like so they have a visual image in their head. But I want it to be through the eyes of my characters and I want it to act out and create that scene so that the movie that's in my head is what they're experiencing. And then, of course, every reader is going to see it differently, which is super cool to me. And the way they process information and and the conclusions they come to are a lot of fun. Um, But really honing in on what details are important and if there's backstory diving in and diving out but integrating it into the story rather than plopping it in, in this chunky way that feels like, okay, the author's stopping to tell me what this room looks like instead of having the character experience it as they walk into the room and as they interact with the room.
0: Yeah. And also I like that you said that your readers have different views of it because I think we get so caught up in, I have to explain this in detail so that they understand. You know where the dresser is, where the couch is, what they're doing in this corner. I, I mean, if it's not relevant to the plot, and you let them make it up in your own head, I mean, I don't think that's something that has to be taboo. I think that's actually really exciting. Yeah, and you know, I mean, let them build it. I mean, they're already going to build it in their head. They're already going to imagine it a little bit differently, at least from what you imagine, right? So, so I love that you say, be intentional yeah. with your details. Be really intentional with. I mean, why, why do we need this couch? Why are they sitting on it? How is this helping move the plot forward? And so you say you go scene by scene and that helps you not to chunk it out. Is that what you Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And before I approach a scene, so I'm a complete
1: pantser. My endings and beginnings <laughs> changed a million times. My, my first drafts are very, very bony. I'm just kind of getting mm-hmm. it on paper and then I go back and I really interweave the red herrings or I interweave, what fits to the ending that it's going to be. None of my books have ever ended how I actually envisioned they were going to end. Um, So that also helps is that it's really kind of like a 76,000 word outline. Uh, And I don't, I go in and add those pertinent details and tie it all together on my second draft. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I think that Creating the scene visually in my head and mapping it out, and it gets my characters placed in the right position. It gets them, it gets them so you don't have, you know, someone sitting, but then all of a sudden they're in the kitchen. So I try and scene by scene rather than plotting the
0: entire thing, I plot by scene. That's a great idea. I think I should probably implement that in my own writing more often. Sometimes you try to bite the whole cookie. And you need to remember that, I mean, it is a work in progress. You can't get it all done at once. So breaking that down. And I like the idea of even closing your eyes and imagining that scene because we're all creative and we're all, I mean, daydreamers, visionaries. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this field. So I think that's a possibility for a lot of us to take a step back and just imagine, you know, where you're at in the time and space. So that's perfect. Um, And really, like,
1: so my <clears throat> so my first draft and when I'm drafting and when I'm going through the drafts of the publisher those are that's that's my story right yeah. once it's in the reader's hands that that's their story and how they interpret it what they think of the characters who they liked who they didn't like that is no longer mine and I um I, it's just been a lot of fun especially now that it's on NetGalley and, it's in a lot of different reviewers' hands just to see the different interpretations of these characters who I lived with for so long. And they've pointed out things to me that I'm like, that's brilliant. I love that. That I should have done that on purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good though that you're, you're okay with it. And, and and more than that, more than being okay with it being their story now, you you accept it and you embrace it. Yeah. So okay. stop focusing so hard on this. Is my character, and you have to understand every detail of them, and let them let the reader enjoy it. Let the reader interpret things, and just give them you know give them that good story. That's that's a good quote for our for our plaque of the episode. We always have a good plaque quote for the episode. <laughs> let the reader have their own story is definitely one of them. Are you ready for our secret sauce question? All What's, right. Our one? Well, the one that we ask in, in each episode. So. It seems to new writers that there is a, something of a secret sauce to being a successful author, published author. So we like to ask if you have seen a trait or a tendency in either your own writing or in the authors and writers around you that you think is a crucial um, trait for their success, makes them a little bit different from the rest of the crowd.
1: Yeah, I think that for for me personally, I read in my genre and I've been a fan of domestic thrillers, thrillers, horrors my entire life. Um so so understanding the nuances between the different successful authors and reading within your reading within my genre has been very useful. However, understanding the craft and the why these things work and combining the two was really life changing for my writing. So, you know, my started my first book and I'm like, well, I, I read, I love stories. I'm a writer by trade because I'm in marketing and advertising and PR. And that takes a lot of writing. Um, But the, the piece that I was missing was the understanding the why. And so studying the craft and studying craft books and, you know, all the different uh, all the all the different resources available. but I think it's really important to understand why it works for this author and to then take it and make it your own, right? So there's definitely things within domestic thrillers and within thrillers that are going to be key to and they're going to be expected by the reader and that that's true for every genre it, romance is the perfect example you put out a romance <laughs> without a happy ever an he I, I don't read and write romance so if I like mess this up I apologize to all the amazing romance authors
0: that's out there. so far you it's so
1: but if you don't have that, readers are not going to like it right so understanding what the expectations of the readers are those kind of like key points is very important but then having the ability to make it your own so that you're telling your own unique stories
0: understand the expectations and then make them your own have you found that that reading all of those craft books and getting all that advice I mean they there is the saying a man with too many watches doesn't know what time it is. Do you ever feel muddled by that? Or is it more just sifting through what you think would be useful to you and utilizing it?
1: Yeah, I think it's sifting through and, and, and that's the same with editing, right? Um, one of the things that is very, very beneficial, especially in my earlier stages of writing is getting early feedback from professionals. Um, I, I did not wait until I finished a book to get a professional edit. I really, and not a proofread, so a developmental copy edit. I waited until I was halfway through because I didn't want to get to the end and miss out on learning opportunities. So I hired a professional editor to review the first half of my manuscript and it it was not to edit it for publication. So it was a totally different thing because I wanted to take these general things that I've learned through studying the craft and add context to it in my own writing and understand, okay, where are my blind spots? Because that's Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things really in writing or or learning a new skill in any place is that if you don't understand your blind spots, they're always going to remain your blind spots. So getting a professional to review it and and teach me and show me hey you're really great at this but you're you need to work on this that but with the context of here's where you did it within your writing it was really instrumental in for me in allowing me to hone my craft in a really fast way i love
0: that that's so good that's so good just you know finding what works for you and and i i love that you didn't wait until the end because it almost feels like it would be easier to accept that feedback because I I mean it's always going to sting a little right it's always going to sting to get feedback on what needs to be changed but to do it while it's still malleable I think is a really crucial uh, right right maybe it's something that even I should work on more is don't go too far before you're willing to get that feedback because then you've already got you know things set in you've already got more darlings going and it's going to be a lot harder to chop it up and and learn more about yeah your genre so awesome we're running out of time and i feel like i could quiz you for another couple hours on your (laughs) writing craft so thank you for your excellent answers so far it's been it's been so fruitful and i think our our audience is going to love listening to this episode. um we do want to ask before we wrap up what you're reading right now what would you suggest that we read in this spooky halloween season oh my gosh so what am i reading i'm reading the blue bar
1: and I'm gonna no, have to pull me. up. I am gonna have to pull up. I'm reading the blue bar, and my next book is that is going to be killing me.
0: Killing me
1: There's... by Michelle. I'm gonna see. I I'm gonna mess up the author's name, and that's why I'm looking it up by Michelle Gagnon Gate. G- I'm gonna mess it up and
0: I feel the terrible no it didn't sound enough uh, for the Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So those are the two, those are t- my two books right now. I'm usually listening to a book on audiobook when I drive. And then I have one going on my phone, one going on my Kindle. Um, and then I'm working on my fourth book. So if it counts, the uh, I'm reading a lot of my own writing. <laughs>
0: oh, absolutely that counts. That's more work than reading somebody else's writing. Yeah. Well, in the show notes, I, I'm excited to read The Blue Bar, and I haven't heard of the other one, so that will be fun to read, especially during this time, this season. So um, this is a show about community, and we appreciate the time that you take to give us your advice from being a successful author. So we like to ask what we can do to support you. How can we be part of your community?
1: Yeah, so I love the bookstagram community. That's kind of like my happy place. You can find me Marie Still Writes. I interact with bookstagrammers all the time. Uh, My TBR is very enormous because of the amazing book recommendations that I get from all of them. And then I'm also on TikTok
0: on Marie Still Writes as well. Awesome. And we'll put links to those in the show notes for all of you listening. Um, we just want to thank you one more time for coming on. It's been so fabulous, Marie. And we I, I wish you success in all four of your books coming up and manuscripts you're working on. And um, we're definitely you're definitely a rising star in this uh, genre and this generation. So we're excited to see what you bring. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for all of our listeners, our word wizards out there, right on. Can you see ways to improve your writing process already? Thanks for joining us on this excellent episode of Am I Right? For more information about the podcast, guests, or upcoming episodes, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Right on, Word wizards!